was saying like he doesn't really understand the point of these expensive low throughput fast tests like what are the actual applications of them he's like the one place i can think of is a dentist's office star wars day may 4th i can't participate in that joke because i haven't really watched star wars ever no it's just that may the 4th be with you i know i guess you do need to know that that's a line from uh i Fair think <laughs> who's the health minister i never know how to pronounce her name patty hedgewa hedge i don't know yeah her the federal yeah she tweeted today about how staying two meters apart is approximately two lightsabers apart. <laughs> oh, I miss that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Twitter, Good. the place to be. Good. Okay. Yesterday, I didn't get to podcast because Avery was awake until 1030. He refused to sleep. So the one note I had from yesterday was just a news item that the Spartan bioscience test oh yeah. was voluntarily recalled. That was the fast, the fast test um, that Health Canada approved a few weeks back, and apparently, it's not very good. <laughs> and Ontario was gonna buy it. Like they were talking like weeks ago about buying a million, mm-hmm. in order for a million units. Um, yep, nope. So they did a voluntary recall. Yeah. So. I mean, the question is, can okay. they come back from this, right? That's, let's see if they can. It looks really bad, but. I saw, I don't know who. Oh, I do know who. Um, a professor, epidemiologist at University of Washington. I think he's the guy who came, or one of the people came up with flatten the curve oh the term yeah and uh the yeah the concept of it Mm -hmm. and um he was saying like he doesn't really understand the point of these expensive low throughput fast tests like what are the actual applications of them he's like the one place i can think of is a dentist's office because dental hygienists have one of the highest risk hmm. <laughs> jobs for so you could be contracting. Tested. So you can be tested, go in, wear a mask, get tested, sit in the waiting room for 15 minutes, negative, you go back, get your teeth cleaned. Yeah. Because there's, yeah. And they can afford, like, that's or airports. expensive. But People talked about but airports. But then the cost of it might, like, yeah. might yeah. become problematic yeah like it's not expensive it's expensive it's not scalable like the the whole thing about having the scaled up testing where you can do 10,000 or 15,000 tests a day it's like you just collect all your samples run them overnight or run them whatever and however long it takes mm-hmm. and then you get a in whole high ju- throughput machine and you get these large numbers of results all at once yeah yeah, so all to say is what was the value of this test anyways? Sure. It remains to be seen. But anyways, now it's been recalled. Mm-hmm. Um, and you wanted to talk about cottages. So cottages. right now in Ontario, 
people are being asked to stay in their primary residence mm-hmm. please do not go to rural areas because the rural health care systems um, are not built to care for the summer population and the cottaging crowds mm-hmm. and even if you say well if I'm feeling sick I'm just going to drive home but COVID-19 doesn't always work that way yeah, I mean, you're going to stop for gas. You have to stop for gas. You have to, like, as much as people say it's okay if you go, as long as you shop, I guess, wherever you live, bring all your supplies with you, like, people aren't going to, you know, people are going to just slip out and get some more milk, and they're going to pick mm-hmm. out the thing they need to pick up. But and even not about spreading it, but even just about if you get sick there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You might not have time to get back home. If yeah, I guess that's when people yeah. get sick so fast sometimes. Right, if people get sick, yeah. Manitoulin Island put out a very long thing I read a while back mm-hmm. explaining why they really don't want you to come and explaining how they have like mm. I'm making this number up, but like two ventilators on the island or no ventilators. I think they only have transport ventilators or something. Huh. And like just explaining the pro like how terrible it would be if you got sick on the island. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like just please do not come. Don't come. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's, it, and then there was the town in somewhere on Lake Erie. I can't remember if it was Port Dover or one of those towns down there, that they had this sort of secret. It sounds like bylaw or law. I'm not sure which. Probably bylaw mm-hmm. that they set to say that seasonal owners that came seasonally were not going to be allowed to come to their properties and that led to some uproar and i think doug ford is even now saying there's only a matter of time before he's gonna he can't keep people from going to their properties i wonder who has the say there i don't know i mean you can you can create any bylaw you want but you know will people actually follow it like, are you actually going to check people's IDs or something as they're coming into the town? How are, you know, how do they know? Mm-hmm. Are they going to rely on a snitch kind of base system? They Norfolk could. Norfolk County. They could. Um, it's funny because, I don't, funny is not the right word, but I was reading this article about this decision in Norfolk County, and it's the, medical officer of health who made the decision mm-hmm. and basically all the politicians are like we don't agree with it we're struggling with it but mm-hmm. but he's made a lot of right calls so far and we're like we're really hesitant to go against his decision yeah i mean they don't want the outbreak to happen in their town mm-hmm. <laughs> because they tried to but at the same time it there people own this property like how can you keep someone mm-hmm. like it becomes very tricky to keep yeah. someone out of their own property yeah i mean just people just don't accept that i think is what is happening but i mean yeah the healthcare system isn't built for you to be there though that's yep yep the problem so we'll see mm-hmm. where that goes and then we're thinking we don't own a cottage but we go yep. to rental cottages in the summer yeah so is that going to be a thing this year uh, yeah it feels like it's it won't be like it, I it does feel like that i don't think you can but reliably 
Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about Sweden again. I still don't... I still don't know mm-hmm. whether or not Sweden's doing the right thing, but I just keep learning about them, and everything I learn makes it sound like they're doing okay. So Sweden, again, famously has not declared a lockdown. Their elementary schools are still open. You can still go out to restaurants. You can still, I don't know, lots of things are still open. But you're supposed to social distance. So Mm -hmm. if you go to a restaurant, the table, the next table beside you is supposed to be far away. Mm -hmm. If you go to a park, you're supposed to social distance. And I don't know what, how they're doing social distancing at schools, but it's not like they're doing nothing yeah um and so a few things so people will show graphs of sweden that make it look terrible there (laughs) right they'll show them next to other nordic countries so sweden is definitely not doing as well as Norway and mm. they're not doing as well as Denmark mm. and they're not doing as well as Germany. Mm-hmm. But those countries are like, are basically among the best in the world. Like there are hardly any countries yeah. that are, that are handling it as well as those countries. Mm-hmm. Sweden is quite comparable to Canada. I would say mm. in terms of their numbers and, the fact that a lot of their numbers are coming from long-term um, care mm-hmm. centers. So, and in fact, if you look at the total confirmed COVID-19 cases right now, mm-hmm. Sweden's um, curve looks like it's flattening a lot more than Canada's. Canada's just did a little uptick. Mm-hmm. Which is probably due to Quebec and or Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it looks like... They're doing fine. They're doing pretty average. Let's say average, average right? They did not crush it. They're not South Korea. They're not no. New Zealand. They're not Denmark. But but if their businesses come back, like aren't... if they're if their economy doesn't get crushed as badly. Yeah. And also if people don't suffer as much, yeah, there's so much suffering happening here of people not being allowed to visit other people, people suffering from mental health mm-hmm. surgeries, not happening. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. A lot of people are publishing deaths like, um, total excess deaths. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that for Canada yet. But that will be the test, right? Yeah. But that the will the be the test. So yeah. So maybe we prevented a lot of COVID-19 deaths, but maybe we shifted those deaths elsewhere to cancer patients or heart patients or yeah, and not suicides just or yeah, and and not just deaths, but I I mean you can have people who like substance abuse. I don't know, like what whatever metric, like there's so many outcome measures that might be more granular than death, mm-hmm. although death would be a powerful one. But mm-hmm. ha- like there could be more people on 
needing mental health care after this too like yeah. those kind of things and so another um statistic i saw today yeah. in sweden's favor is the fact that their covid 19 their counted covid 19 deaths mm-hmm. are 90 percent of their all-cause mortality or their excess all-cause mortality i don't know which Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember which, but the point is that they're they're counting all or most of the COVID nineteen deaths, mm-hmm. which a lot of countries cannot say. Mm-hmm. Right? You look at COVID deaths and you look at all cause mortality, and it's like sixty percent or seventy mm-hmm. percent, and there's this huge chunk that's of probably that related, probably are related to COVID nineteen, yeah. and so countries that are doing a good job, so they're testing. Well, well, they're doing a th- either or a combination of right. They're testing a lot, or they're counting probable cases. Yeah, or they don't have a lot of secondary hmm. deaths, like deaths that aren't technically COVID nineteen, but are because somebody couldn't access services or mm-hmm. what have you. We should see how good their test, like how per capita or whatever metric mm-hmm. is appropriate for testing, what that number is. Yeah. So anyways, sweet. so I think Sweden's doing solidly average mm-hmm. from what I'm looking at. And if they can do that mm-hmm. without a lot of the pain that other countries have, I think that's mm-hmm. a really good sign. But mm-hmm. also they, I mean, I don't, I can't go to Sweden. I wish I could just interview a whole bunch of Swedish people. Maybe you could just start calling Swedish numbers. But, like, mm-hmm. I think people maybe, I think they have to be taking it very seriously for this to work. Mm-hmm. Whereas this past weekend in Toronto, I saw so many tweets about how downtown Toronto sidewalks were just packed. Mm-hmm. And people weren't wearing masks and they weren't mm-hmm. social distancing. Are they wearing masks in Sweden? Do they say they have to wear masks um, outside? They're not mandated. Right. But maybe, okay. I'm not sure. Hmm. I mean, all these things I don't know from looking at graphs, which is why, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not making any. This is all just my learning process, Mm -hmm. gathering information. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I've just seen the majority of articles and the majority of social media posts that I've seen about Sweden are negative and are saying that they're doing a bad job. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just don't believe it. Mm-hmm. I think there's so many ways you can look at the data mm-hmm. <laughs> and y- you can make it tell the story you want in a, in a situation like this where, mm-hmm. you know, it they're kind of in the middle, right? You can... Mm-hmm look at it different ways but i just don't i don't think they're being as irresponsible as a lot of people are making them out to be Mm -hmm. and i don't think from canada that we can look at them and say they're doing a bad job maybe you can sit in denmark and say that yeah um, yeah good okay so that's my latest update on sweden Mm -hmm. we'll keep you posted the other graph i saw today Actually, maybe this is what started this whole Sweden thing. Um, okay. Samir Sinha, mm. who Tillich knows. Do you want to say his job title? Or who he is? Oh, I'm not going to remember. 
Oh. But he he is kind of He's the point person in in Ontario now, I think, for um, anything aging, you know, successful aging policy related to healthcare. He's the director of geriatrics at Sinai Health in UHN. There you go. And he's often brought in by the by governments to help with oh yes ra- age related strategy. He is aging. the architect of Ontario's senior strategy. Yeah, that's that's what, that's what I saying. know him for. And so he's yeah yeah. Go ahead. So he tweeted a graph from some kind of what was it? Some kind of paper today that was really disturbing. Um, oh, it was from the International Long-Term Care Policy Network, Mortality Associated with COVID-19 Outbreaks in Care Homes, um, like around the world. And Canada has the highest percent of deaths associated with care homes hmm. of any of the 14 countries reported. Now, that did not include Italy or the U.S. Mm. So I would hesitate to say in the world. Mm -hmm. But the other countries were France, Belgium, Germany, Sweden, Ireland, Portugal, Denmark, Norway, Israel, Hungary, Australia, Singapore, Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. And we have, there's two bubbles here, but somewhere between 66% and 78% Mm -hmm. of our... COVID-19 deaths were associated with long-term care homes. Mm -hmm. And the other countries seem to be hovering more closer to about 50. Mm. Average between 40 and 60, let's say. And then we're like up above. So we are doing um, the worst job, I guess, Mm -hmm. of keeping people in long-term care homes safe. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's concentrated in Ontario and Quebec. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of good articles by that that looked at the examples of nursing homes where they've managed to keep it out and the strategies they put in place w- right away, like when there was the first hint that this was coming they had pandemic plans they had stockpiles of ppe in like their own stockpiles existing and they said anyone who works here can't work anywhere else they gave all the part-time people full-time hours so that they didn't have to worry about going working elsewhere and and yeah they there's just widespread testing like there's just so many things that eventually like we kind of limped towards getting our policies eventually caught up to th- what some of the best nursing homes were doing already. And and then they finally, like the government and the, in, especially in Ontario, I think it took a long time to get to where we needed to be. I don't think we're still where we need to be. And well, I we I still, don't, maybe I don't think there. we've managed to even know how to stop outbreaks at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're still, yeah, probably not. But the, the things that have been done now, like keeping healthcare workers, at least in one facility, some of those kinds of simple things, making sure there's PPE. I don't know if that's still true. I don't know if th- everyone has PPE now, but yeah, good question. I'm sure we're going to learn a lot about what went wrong. Yeah. Um, today I listened to your podcast from yesterday. 
Thanks for listening. You recorded, I guess, while I while I was with not sleeping Avery, mm-hmm. and you were talking about narratives, and you were talking about them positively, in the sense that the ability to listen to and understand and believe a story gives humans kind of the power to work together mm-hmm. and cooperate and coordinate. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I am prone to think of our um, what's the word I'm looking for? Our love of stories, our reaction to stories mm-hmm. as being negative, mm-hmm. because that means that whoever has the best story wins, mm-hmm. whether or not it's true. Mm-hmm. whether or not it is it will result in the best thing for people mm-hmm. it's just whoever has this story that people relate to most or identify with most or is the simplest mm-hmm. is where people will follow yeah and i think that becomes a big problem yeah, um, it's good and bad, definitely. And especially what we're seeing now with mm-hmm. rise in all kinds of nationalistic tendencies and things, and a lot of that is predicated on just simple stories of us versus them. Yeah. I mean, the example I always think about is the negative side of it is the Easter Island story where you had people, there's a small island where I guess there had been um western sailing ships that would have stopped there i'm not sure of the timeline in, in terms of what year it was or and stuff but over a number of centuries i think there is some records of of um seafaring people visiting the this island and reporting on it over a period of time until one at, at one point they the 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 little tribe had vanished and what what they progressively saw happen in Easter Island, it, they pieced together, the historians have pieced together. It seems like they needed to build, the, and you've s- probably, everyone's seen pictures of Easter Island. They have these giant heads, like these rock head things that stick out of the ground. And so these statues that they've erected, they believed that, um, w- it's it's believed that they believed that they needed to create these statues to appease their god so that they would get good weather and good harvests and things like that and so the problem was that they needed in order to move these giant rocks on the on this island they needed to cut down all the trees i guess to help roll the these giant boulders on the trees on the logs and they quickly deforested the entire island or over some period of time they deforested the entire island and erosion and all the a whole bunch of negative things followed after that and so that story that they believed in led to them their downfall and so there's certainly i, I mean there's no question that that the stories could be in, in my mind i didn't mean to say it's a po- only a positive thing just that it's a powerful thing i guess yeah it yeah. is and I wanted to thank John uh, Oriopoulos for his um, l- sending the link to another podcast, uh, Sam Harris's podcast with uh, Yuval Noah Harari. 
I guess just from a day or two ago that was posted a day or two ago um, and uh, it was a really neat discussion about him talking about um, COVID-19 and the one point that that hit me that I, uh, from listening to it is uh, you know following so there's governments around the world right now are trying to figure out how to save their economies who do, who should they be supporting financially during the roughest period and we and his belief is we need to be asking more questions about where that money is going who's getting them who's asking for it and who's getting the money uh, and we have to be careful that the that it's not you know just who you know it's it's not the people that happen to know the politicians that uh, that get all the money uh, and that there's some some clear evidence-based thought hopefully behind who the money you know where the money should go to support the right people so that society benefits as a whole as opposed to a mm -hmm. few a few people that want to get rich yeah. yep that's how i always wish societies and governments worked and then when <laughs> i find out that they rarely work that way and then i just get so sad mm -hmm. okay um and I just had the idea for a number that we could start oh yeah. the podcast with again since we gave up on cases mm -hmm. and deaths because of poor surveillance. It's bad tracking, yeah. So, but it feels like I want to be keeping better track of things. Mm -hmm. And so a number that I think does have value is the basic reproduction number the r the r not the r z r <laughs> zero mm. um because that will tell you if your outbreak is growing or shrinking mm -hmm. hopefully mm -hmm. i mean this is still based on case numbers but mm -hmm. at least it's more of a trend mm -hmm. so if your reproduction number is higher than one then your outbreak is growing. If it's one, it's just flat. And if it's less than one, then it's shrinking. Mm -hmm. Meaning that for every infected person, on average, they p pass it to less than one person. Mm -hmm. So right now in Ontario, our r naught value is 0 0.87, mm -hmm. which means that we are on the downward slope mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. But then I'm getting this from housemyflattening.ca where now you can see it by health unit. Mm. And if you go to Toronto, the R naught is 1.01. .01. So close. So we're just more <laughs> stable rather than actually going down. Ottawa is 1.22. Oh. That's no good. So, yeah, I think that's interesting. A good number to watch. Do you know if they're tra if they calculate that or how they calculate that, I guess? Because it depends on like how do you even know? How do they figure out like do they look at one point in time? I don't like they look you look at I don't know in detail how they calculate it, but the way I was told you could estimate it. Mm -hmm is you look at how many people, um, how many cases 
were happened in the last six days. Yeah. And then you look at how many cases happened in the six days before that. Right. And you calculate. Right. So it's lagging. Like it must be a quite a lag. Yeah. There's a lag. But I don't know if they do that like on a rolling basis or like yeah. I don't know how they actually calculate it. But yeah. But it's like it's based on something that could be over a week old. Like the data is like changing by now. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. When you go back. It has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's not going to be any more temporal than cases and deaths. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, th- I guess that's the R not two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Good. Okay. Did we do it? Oh, no, I didn't do. I didn't find a joke. <gasps> While you look for a joke, I'll thank John Oriopoulos for one more thing. He had, he's going to donate a little Arduino microcontroller for the hand wash device thing that I want to prototype. Oh. <laughs> That's what he's dropping <laughs> off tonight, he said. Uh, I don't, I still don't have a joke. No. Didn't you tell me a joke earlier today? What was, you told me something... No, I don't want to make our listeners sick here. Well, I'll, I'll cut this. <gasps> oh, okay. <laughs> Unless this is—is is this good content? No, I it's think not. Already said mine. No. No. Not a joke. Okay. Okay. This is a joke I can find Mm -hmm. at the last minute. Mm -hmm. So we have. The setup for the joke is that you have a grouchy, grumpy-looking man sitting in his office Mm -hmm. with the window on the door and a sign on the door that says, Do not enter the office. Please respect my personal space. Nothing to do with coronavirus. I'm just a miserable bastard. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a good sign. There you go. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you. All right. Good night. Good night.